Good morning. This is Paul Donovan, Chief Economist at UBS Global Wealth Management. It's 7 o'clock in the morning London time on Thursday the 15th of September. We get supply and demand data coming out of the United States today. Demand is probably the more important number with the release of the retail sales figures for August. In 30 years in the markets, one of the most important mantras I have learned is that you never, ever go short the hedonism of the US consumer. On the face of it, there are significant reasons to be pessimistic about US consumer demand, not least the catastrophically negative real earnings growth. Against this, we must set several structural shifts that support the US consumer. First, most unusually, consumer balance sheets are strong in the United States. Consumers are clearly changing savings rates and borrowing rates in order to support consumption levels. Second, the average earnings data doesn't necessarily capture modern ways of earning money. TikTok earnings are unlikely to appear in the Bureau of Labor Statistics calculations. Third, homeowners have a lower cost of living and therefore higher spending power than consumer price inflation suggests because owner's equivalent rent is a fantasy number. Fourth, it does depend on where you live. Inflation is a lot, lot lower in San Francisco than it is in Phoenix, for example. The net effect of this is that consumers should still be supporting the US economy, albeit slowing down the pace of their support. On the supply side, there are August industrial production figures from the US. These numbers are revised a lot. In fact, every single industrial production data released this year has been revised, but there's no clear trend to the direction of revisions. They're slightly more negative than positive. The expectation today is for stable production overall. Uh, This does include the energy sector, so increased utility output to power air conditioners will be included in this, for instance. Price effects are supposed to be removed from the calculation. This is a a volume measure. The United States is not, of course, the largest manufacturing economy anymore, having traded up to generate more of its growth from higher value services. But its production does still matter significantly as part of the global supply story. One of the EU presidents, van der Leyen, has a plan to resolve the European energy problem Recognising that, as far as the energy sector is concerned, this is a wartime economy, van der Leyen is proposing a tax on profiteering, technically a a tax on abnormal profits for energy producers experiencing higher energy prices without higher input costs. The money will be transferred to energy consumers via price caps. UK Prime Minister Truss has rejected this sort of move, which is not perhaps the most encouraging signal of the new Prime Minister's grasp of economics, and the UK instead will be transferring money from taxpayers to energy companies. Regardless of what transfer payments are made, the point is that price caps on energy are an insufficient response of themselves. Prices are high because there is a fear of an imbalance between energy supply and energy demand, which means that the pricing mechanism is doing what it is supposed to do, and it is acting as a rationing process to allocate finite resources amongst infinite demands. 
if prices are capped, some other rationing mechanism for bringing down demand is going to be required, on the assumption that increasing supply further is not practical in the near term. Van der Leyden's idea has not been agreed by the European member states, and as this is the EU, don't hold your breath. There are some price numbers out of the euro area today. France has final August consumer price inflation, but this number is almost never changed, so it's unlikely to inflame the passions of investors. German August wholesale prices are not a huge market focus. The year-on-year rate has peaked, and the monthly rate of increase at 0.1% is not going to be considered especially threatening. That's all for today. Have a good day. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer. 